0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit & Sense, the show all about personal finance. I'm Wong Xiaoning. Now, October 10 marks World Mental Health Day and the World Health Organization estimates that one in four people are affected by mental disorders at some point in their lives. So, as we can't expect to be in top shape all the time, mentally, emotionally and even physically, today we'll explore the various options available to support mental health and the associated costs. Additionally, we'll delve into the critical connection between money and our mental health, which is why we're talking about this on Ringgit & Sense. Joining me to discuss this is Anita Abdubaka, President of the Mental Illness Awareness and Support Association, otherwise known as MIASA. Anita, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Let's start at the very beginning because we all have some measure of stress, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. the odd sleepless night, lack of appetite, sometimes we're just disinterested in things. But when is it more than just an off day?
0: Thank you very much, Ananya. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, so the first thing is there must be a change in behavior change in the way we think and feel right you're not able to what we say function optimally right so the moment you feel that there is that difference and sometimes you're not aware but others can see it right and when you're fully aware of that then that's when you know you have what we say mental health challenges or mental health issues now if you don't take care of these issues then it can develop into a mental health condition so it's very important for us to be very mindful very aware if we see these changes or if our colleagues as, a, as an example in the workplace tell tells you this because then you can do something about it you know early intervention can be provided so this could mean um, You know, work-life integration, right? You could sleep more or, you know, change your eating habits, sleeping habits, um, you know, minimize your stressors, do things that you like, you know, take care of yourself. So self-care, self-love. Um, this is very important during these mental health challenges initially. Uh, Because we want to be able to catch it early before it develops into a mental health condition. So, you know, withdrawing yourself, changing moods, you know, these are all really typical things. Or trouble focusing. Um, You're not engaging um, during meetings or conversations. You feel constantly lack of energy, as an example. So, these are all really telltale signs.
1: Okay, so you say early intervention counts. So, making small changes in terms of your lifestyle does make a difference. When do you start thinking, okay, I need more than this? I need a little bit more professional help. I can't do this all by my own. How should I start that journey if I think, okay, this is the right thing for me to do?
0: Right, especially when, when all these um, early signs, mm-hmm. it becomes more persistent or more consistent, right? You constantly feel very fatigued. You constantly feel there's sleep disturbances or you're not eating well. Or your moods you know, are consistently not good, right? So you feel unwell. And it could also manifest into physical symptoms, right? So it could, it could, um, it, you could see it as an example in frequent headaches or mm. frequently getting stomach aches, you know, frequently getting sick, as an example, it could be low-grade fever and you're ignoring it, and these are all really the manifestation of mental health issues. So from there, then what you might do is do a, what we say, a dust test, or a, it's not a clinical assessment, but is it is an assessment, which is called depression, anxiety, stress, skill test. 21 questions, you do that. If your results come out as severe or extremely severe, then this is when you need to go and seek for professional help. Because the longer you wait, the worse it becomes, right? Mm -hmm. You can talk to someone definitely and even someone with a condition and they can tell, you know, this is what you got to do. But um, ultimately what needs to happen is for you to get that professional um, help and attention and, and diagnosis first, get that right out of the way and then you can begin and do something about it, right? So when we talk about mental health help, There's a lot of things. There's various help out there, which I will um, further elaborate after
1: this. Okay, who are the professionals I should go and seek then to get that diagnosis? Because your friends can only do so much and sometimes their advice is not the best. Who should I go and see? So there are a couple of people.
0: Typically in Malaysia, we usually say go and see a clinical psychiatrist and go and see a clinical psychologist. Now, these are the two... Uh, professions, right? clinical psychologists they are um, they go to med school, so that's the difference and mm-hmm. they can prescribe medication because usually people get really confused. Clinical psychologists, they're not doctors, right? they don't go to med school, but they can clinically diagnose and assess you, but they can't prescribe medication. Now the third um, profession, right is actually any doctor, any doctor legally, can assess you but in Malaysia it's a little bit different because you're not trained specifically in mental health and because of that a lot of doctors they don't prefer Mm. um, to clinically assess you they would usually typically refer you to a clinical psychiatrist because mental health really it's public health yeah know, it's not a specialized condition where only a clinical psychiatrist can manage and handle and assess you. Any doctor can legally. Currently, if you go to any, let's say, health clinic, uh, clinic kesehatan, there are about 400 plus um, what we call family medicine specialists that are trained in mental health and they can clinically assess and diagnose uh, a person with a mental health condition. So that's available right now. So three professions right
1: here we're all about the money here on ringgit and sense. so do we have a cost estimate if you see just a normal mm. doctor it's your typical gp charges right yes it is but what about a licensed psychologist versus a licensed yeah. psychiatrist how much does mm-hmm. that cost is it very expensive
0: okay this would differ okay if you go to a government hospital then it's really affordable right you mm-hmm. can Five ringgit, you know, you can just, uh, $5, you can just see a a clinical psychiatrist and they can provide you that clinical assessment. They can provide that diagnosis and then provide you medication for that amount. But if you were a clinical psychologist at a government hospital is the same as well. But if you were to go, then we've got our semi-government, right? Semi-government is also affordable. It's a little bit more expensive. It could range, let's say, if you see um, the first time you get your um, assessment, maybe it's 30 ringgit. $30 Thirty dollars, and then for the follow-ups, it's probably about fifteen, right? So that's a semi-government mm-hmm. um, hospital, and then um, for the medication, it could range about seven hundred bucks, right? And then you can get your meds. Now, if you go to a private um, hospital, and that would be obviously much more. So it could range probably your first time is always more expensive, right? It's always more costly. So it could range about. 300, 350, really depending on if it's a private hospital or if it's a private center, right? So it differs about 50 ringgit. Now, if you see a psychologist, it's also the same. It's a little bit cheaper. It could range about 250 to 300. Mm. Uh, but then again, some private centers, they do have subsidi- subsidized rates as well for the lower income group, the B40 community. So maybe that could be 150. It's still quite a bit. And that's why. Mental health NGO exist in the community and this would cost around, let's say, subsidized rates could go about 50, 50 ringgit to 100. Um, But Miyasa specifically, our essential services um, are at no cost for Mm -hmm. the B4D community. Um, So these are, you know, about the range. Um, Medication at private hospitals and also um, centers could range. um, Really, depending on the medication, the pill could be maybe 15, 30 bucks per pill. So it could range if you're taking one type of medication, could be 450 bucks. If you're taking two, it could be 900. Uh, But again, if you go to a government hospital, five ringgit, but that's generic meds, yeah, Shao Uh, just to be clear. But then if it's more of the brand name, then it could, you know, really add up as well.
1: OK, and usually it's not like a it's not like a headache, right, where you pop a pill and all will be well or just one session with a licensed psychologist and then all your troubles will go away. Go away. This requires more than one visit. So the total cost can be quite expensive if you opt to go for the private route.
0: Yes, it's it's really a lot. Um, mm. If you go for psychotherapy, let's say you go for therapy and you're taking medication at a private center, and usually why people f- go that route is because the wait times are horrendous at government hospitals, right? Uh, especially if you're going for therapy, if you are seeing a psychiatrist just for your follow-ups and getting medication, etc., that could mean that could look like once a month. But if you're going for therapy, that could be maybe once in two months, as an mm. example. So now. Due to that limitation of the wait time, this is why a lot of people opt to go to private settings if they can afford it. Um, and, you know, that could really on a monthly basis, if you add that up and if you're going for therapy, let's say um, bare minimum twice a month, that could look like 700 right there not inclusive of medication now if you take two types of medication it could be 900 right so that could be 1,600 a month and that's a lot of money Shani. yeah a lot. and especially if you're unwell you're not able to work you know you're in crisis or you're, you're in your acute phase and then thinking about all this cost that's coming in just to seek treatment and getting well that's a lot of money even for the you know really m40 they're they're struggling as well to pay for these sessions, and so a lot of a lot of times they also opt to go to mental health NGOs and also go to um, government hospitals. Although the wait time is a bit longer, but due to that um, challenge in the cost, um, they still prefer to go to government.
1: Anita, um, I'm just curious though: does any insurance current currently cover this? Because on Ringgit and Sense, we always encourage people to have health insurance because of these costs. But does it is mm. it being covered currently?
0: Um, yes, it is. So there are a couple of um, insurance companies. Actually, now there's several. I think there's about three or four uh, insurance companies that cover um, mental health in Malaysia. But it's more of a medical rider, right? Mm. Um, I think you've got Prudential, AIA, PruBSN, and Ethica, right? So Prudential, um, I think they cover the most in terms of mental health conditions. So it's also... Um, condition specific. so you've got um, severe MBD as an example, schizophrenia bipolar. These are usually more um, more of what insurance company cover um, cover and not necessarily medication but more of the psychiatric cons- consultation fees. Um, some insurance companies do cover medication. What I know of is AIA. They do cover meds. Uh, but again, only for specific conditions, uh, depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, You know, those kind of more um, severe mm. or much needed in terms of meds. Uh, so that's what they cover um, at the moment. So yeah, we do. And we also have under the government initiative, we've got uh, MyPaka. Uh, my book, they do cover mental health screening for individuals aged 40 years old and above. If you already live with a mental health condition and you are now about to, you know, um, sign up for a, for an insurance plan, then, you know, it's a straightforward exclusion because you're not able to um, to get that insurance um, if you already have a pre-existing condition. So this is, these are all more of medical writers at the moment.
1: I've been speaking to Anita Abubakar, president of the Mental Illness Awareness and Support Association. We're taking a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9. The business station. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Wong Xiaoning. Today we're discussing the cost of mental health care and the available options. Joining me to discuss this is Anita Abdubaka, president of the Mental Illness Awareness and a Support Association, otherwise known as MIASA. Now, you know, when you have mental illness, and this comes back to our career, which is why it's a topic on Ringgit and Sense, it might affect us in terms of our ability to work. What is the situation like out there for employees who have mental health? Are employers empathic, sympathetic? Do they give people time off? Or do we actually, if we confess we have these issues, does it have a negative repercussion in terms of our career?
0: It's a very important question. And the pandemic, unfortunately or fortunately, Shaolin really has helped, right, has helped to normalize this discussion so much. And and obviously, right, because of the pandemic, the effects of it, a lot of people today find themselves with a clinical diagnosis of a mental health condition during the pandemic as well. A lot of companies have lost um, employees to suicide, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, because of that, the awareness has increased tremendously. Um, so if we talk about MNCs, I do feel that what we've seen, because we do a lot of work within uh, corporations and organizations, right, um, MNCs, um, you know, SMEs, government agencies, NGOs, media, et cetera. So what we have seen um, so far is within MNCs, there is a lot of help at the moment, right? What what is the, what are the help that we're talking about? We're seeing a lot of um, EAPs, so employee assistance programs happening. Um, and because of that, that means awareness um, have has increased tremendously. Mental health literacy has improved, and also help seeking behavior has increased because of that. So employees, when they come into the workplace, they feel more supported, right? Mm. Previously, it was just physical health, right? But yeah. now, overall well being. So you're seeing employers being more supportive of uh, mental well being, but of course, not all. But we see that progressively happening. Uh, so that's that's really a good sign, and this is what we're seeing more of at the moment. Uh, in terms of stigma in terms of discrimination shouting unfortunately it's still very prevalent right mm. um, I do feel that people living with the condition um, you know and I always say this because I'm a peer myself I'm a person with lived experience is if you're ready um, if you feel that you're in a space you're in a better space and place today Um, please do share your story because it really paves way for other people, for other employees. You you know, you might, you know, a lot of people come to me and say, well, my employee don't know, you know, they don't understand. And I get stigmatized. I don't get that job promotion. You know, people exclude me. I feel isolated within workplaces. Yes, it does happen, unfortunately, sometimes, and and it continues till today. But really, if you do that, it really paves way for other people as well. Um, And that is what we're seeing a lot today. So we see counselling in-house, we see visiting psychiatrists in-house, we see a lot of webinars, I'm sure you're fully aware, uh, a lot of awareness programmes and campaigns as well Mm. are shouting um, in companies and organisations at the moment. So we do see that progress, but obviously we need to do more.
1: Anita, if you're lucky enough to work for such a sympathetic company or empathic company, great, but what if you don't? What if you work in a company where Mm. mental health is not brought up? nobody talks about it everyone is only focused on physical ailments how do you start this honest conversation with your employer because if you don't and your your work you suffers it's
0: always about being brave and leaning in in you know in the discomfort or having that difficult conversation because you know there's no shame in living with a mental health condition and because of that fear that we internalize and the stigma that we internalize it becomes very difficult and then you're weighing because as well like you said you know that job promotion or people ostracizing you as an example right which happens a lot in the work in the workspaces i would encourage people if you can just to talk within maybe the person beside you right Mm. Uh, the cubicle next to you so that that person can be of support as well because you need at least you know i always say this one person for you to lean on right one person that can help you through this life. And that could mean, because we're at the workplace most of the time, right? Every single day and except weekends, of course. So maybe one person, one that one colleague that you feel that you can trust, that you can lean on, maybe share, share it with that person first. And then maybe to your direct supervisor, that could also mean a lot of support within workplaces. And then slowly just having that conversation, trying to normalize it. When people are talking about, mental health supported as well because i do find that a lot of people when the conversation of mental health comes or, comes out we shy away from it we don't prolong or we don't hold that conversation but i think if we're able to just normalize it and slowly share information share it in social media you know in whatever ways that you can i think um, eventually it will happen because this is how it has happened till today, right? Because yeah. people have been leveraging so- on social media, within their own WhatsApp groups, within conversations with colleagues and friends and family members. And today we're at this time where we never thought it was possible being able to even have this conversation within you know, media interviews as an example, yeah. right? So this is progress.
1: What about from the legal human resource perspective? Does the law mm-hmm. protect people who have mental illness? Um, do we get time off, work, paid or unpaid? Mm. Or is it at the moment right. just silent on this subject? Because of course we have maternity and now we have paternity leave. But what right. other kind of leave is there available
0: Right now, for um, a lot of MNCs, they do provide what we call prolonged illness leave. So mental health, um, for many, are under that prolonged illness leave. So it could mean six months paid, and then six months half salary, and then six months unpaid. Mm. So we see that happening as well um, in, in a lot of um, MNCs. Yeah, And sometimes, you know, it's very typical of employees as well, that they, they don't know that that benefit exists as well. Yes. Because how often do we get a critical illness or... I mean, it's, it's quite often, but, you know, we don't really have that conversation enough right within workspaces until something happens to you. Then only you know what the benefits or perks are available for you. But these are available actually, right? Prolonged illness. If you also have compressed work week where you can, instead of working five days, you can get you, if you complete the hours, you can actually work four days. Um, you also have flexi hours and flexi hours today are more common because of the pandemic. Yeah. Right? So that's also available for you. Um, and I think a lot of times um, what companies try to do as well is you do your return to work where you have a program where employees are able to slowly reintegrate, you know, into the workplace. So you're, you're given that, um, that time as well um, in, in actual fact. So these are also available. And again, the employee assistance program is available as well. So it could be helplines. You can talk to someone. Uh, you've got your counsellors. Sometimes people are not comfortable in um, talking to counsellors and that's why via EAP, companies do give it to third parties, you know, other companies to run it. You're not going to speak to a counsellor in-house. Mm. In that sense, you're actually going to speak to a counsellor not from your own company, right? Um, so they do that via EAP as well. And then a lot of companies do provide um, resources within their own uh, internal Um, systems uh, intranet etc that's also available and then sometimes they run campaigns and then they have all the webinars and awareness programs etc so that's also available so the employees feel uh, more encouraged to reach out for the help and they feel safer when companies seem to be more supportive of mental being so that's when they feel more you know encouraged and braver to actually open up and so we've seen this uh, progress
1: Okay, what's interesting is not all yep. companies will offer that, but maybe increasingly yep. employees might look to those incentives as a, as a pull factor rather than a push Definitely. factor, right? Definitely, so you'll yes. shop around and say, okay, these are the companies that have generous mental health schemes available. Yep. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's the ideal situation that we would like most Malaysian companies to head towards. That's all the time we have for Ring and Sense. I've been speaking to Anita Abubakar, President of the Mental Illness Awareness and Support Association, also known as MIASA. This segment talks about mental health and may be a difficult topic for some listeners. If you need to talk about it, do look for local support within your community or call helplines like MIASA's 24-7 Crisis Helpline at 1-800-1800-66 or WhatsApp them at 397 or you can call Talian Hill at 1-555-5 or Scale at 0376272929. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10am News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Wong Xiaoning from BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.